On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Song Facts Podcast. I am Corey O'Flanagan, your host. Thank you for being here and listening in. If you could take a minute and hit subscribe so we show up for you every other Wednesday, that would be just splendid. And as always, the show is part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. So today I bring you a singer and songwriter who is new to me, as well as to you perhaps, and is on the verge of releasing his first full-length studio album. It's called Soon Come, and it's dropping on March 22nd. Having left his 9 to 5 in early 2020, Teddy Grossman has a voice that simply must be heard. His direct lyrics are both relatable and personal, and his story, even at its beginnings, is worth hearing. The process of writing a debut album is long and winding with many ups and downs, and we get into a lot of that here on this show. Besides getting Teddy's story, we are also treated to a live performance of his latest single, What I Owe, that you will want to hear because his voice is so dynamic. So please help me in welcoming Teddy Grossman. Teddy Grossman, thank you so much for coming on the Song Facts podcast. I got to I got to imagine it's a pretty exciting time for you with the debut album Soon Come coming out yes. in just a couple of months. Um I just how are you feeling leading up, man? You put in a lot of work and it's you're almost there. <laughs> I'm feeling really good, man. Um first of all, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to meet you. Um it feels great. Uh I like you as I'm sure you know and for a lot of people you talk to you work on these things for so long and it feels as though you've been with them for months and years, literally years in my case, um, with these songs and this music, but um, kind of being able to step away from it all and, and sort of having that realization that, A, I'm so proud of what we made and, and, and then the fact that it's actually going to be brand new for everyone else is kind of like a fun feeling and a lot of the kind of a lot of the blocking and tackling of just independently releasing an album is mostly in the rear view. So it's, uh, yeah, I'm excited. What's the, do you, do you have to stop yourself from thinking ahead at all? Like jumping up to like expectations and that we have a, my, my wife and I have a creed that's expectations breed disappointment. So we try not to have it to too much of a circumstance. I'm wondering like, as you're like, as you're leading up to this release, if it's like hard for you to be like, not start projecting and being like, well, what if this happened? Yeah. And, and it's like, as far as expectations goes, that, that works either way, right? Like in a joyous yes. sort of delusions of grandeur state or when you're kind of, you know, you know, a little anxious or agitated about the future. But 
I mean, it's an, it's an everyday commitment, right? Like I remember before I put out my first song, this is November, 2020, I was in a really great headspace because I think I maybe health healthfully like expected literally nothing. I was like, look, I, I had an old band and whatnot, but I'm starting from the ground zero. So my expectations are pretty modest. And out of the gate, I, I don't know, I just felt this like amazing response from, you know, the internet and Spotify. And, and all of a sudden, every time you have a little bit of success, then that all of a sudden, uh, despite trying to kind of continue to walk yourself back, you kind of in, inevitably just the mind wants to kind of level up and that kind of becomes the new watermark. So I think with every release, I've it has been a practice in kind of that sort of emotional disconnect in sort of this Buddhist way or whatever it is. Um, and I'm working on it. I think I'm, there's an awareness <laughs> of the need for that, but uh, you know, every, every which way it kind of gets and comes up yet. And I don't think that's ever going to change. I think when, uh, but it is kind of this fine line between, you know, being ambitious and wanting to get your, your, your art sort of heard by a lot of people, but also just remembering that it's just fun and uh, it's kind of a blessing to, to be here to begin with. So I think that's a good, I think that's a good place to come from. If, as long as you kind of remember that, yeah. then the, like they say, like uh, if you're starting a business, if you're entrepreneuring, like the passion needs to be for what the work that you're doing, the, yes. the, the income or whatever it might be is mm -hmm. the scoreboard. That doesn't, mm -hmm. that, that's totally. kind of secondary. You got to be doing it for the right reasons. So good 100%. for you. And in my case, I, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it, but I kind of spent over a decade of my adult life sort of with one foot in, one foot out, holding down a full-time job and, and really just kind of getting to this point where I kind of sort of inwoven myself in a musical community here in LA. And it's kind of what I'm leaving and breathe, living and breathing and trying to hustle every day doing and just having made the album and kind of being at this point is in a lot of ways, like that was kind of the success that I'd envisioned years ago when it was unclear if I'd ever get to this point. So trying to, trying to remember that as well. Yeah, um, kind that's of a good perspective. A the, yeah. the, just doing it is success in itself. The totally. result isn't really under your control too much. Yeah. Uh, well, I, so I got to say, I'm ecstatic to have been introduced to your music recently. And especially oh. I'm just a sucker for a voice like you have. <laughs> Thank and you, so, I mean, I, I'm, I'm guessing you get that all the time, but it's really true. And I can't wait for people to hear this. Um, but I want to chat about this. We're going to kind of do a little inception thing here because Ooh. Okay. I wasn't going to release this episode until into February, but uh, another person I was supposed to interview, I think, got COVID last week. And oh, now wait. that interview is happening Friday. So this is Tuesday. This episode's coming out tomorrow. Oh, nice. Quick as, turnaround. As well as your first single, Giving Up, is coming out tomorrow too, right? Yes. Well, it's the last single I'm releasing before the album. Exactly. Um, but I've had a few out. Uh, but yeah, I love how that synchronicity, man. It was just meant Perfect. to be. So I'm really happy about it. So Giving Up is coming out. If you're listening to this tomorrow, we're talking about this yesterday, where Giving Up isn't out yet. But we're going to have Teddy talk about Giving Up because when I hear this song, which I got a sneak peek of, fortunately, this could have come straight out of Motown. And a lot of your <laughs> stuff kind of has that vibe. And I just love that throwback feel. Tired of all these games we play. And I'm running out of all my desire to keep. 
So what, or should I really say who is the story <laughs> behind this tune? Because this is pretty, this is either you just like projecting other people's shit or you're just like, you, you nah, went through real. some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I should first say it's, it's, it's about a friend. Um, but there was a time when it was, you know, uh, of a romantic tilt. And I think ultimately we've all been there, but it was a situation where um, it was just some, uh, someone I pined after for a long time. And we eventually kind of started dating. I was new to town and a lot of wonderful memories, but it became pretty apparent that it wasn't going to be the thing. And, you know, just, I mean, it's, it's kind of an age old thing where you're just not seeing the love and uh, reciprocated and it can kind of drag on you for a while, but then eventually it kind of comes to this point where it's just like, okay, you know, there's like that Frank Ocean line where it's like, wish we grew up on the same advice and our time was right. And it's like timing being such a crucial piece in all this. Um, but anyway, I think I kind of finally turned a corner on this and and that, I mean, but that is really what the song is about at its core in kind of a simple, sweet way. And I remember at the time being completely obsessed with this cover that Blake Mills did with, um, it was like Taylor Goldsmith playing bass, Daniel Heim playing drums. And it was just a trio and they were covering this Bob Dylan song, Heart of Mine. Okay. And you know, Bob's like the most savage songwriter ever when it comes to <laughs> like relationships and just his whole thing was kind of, you know, just hiding your feelings, you know, yeah. away. And I think I took a lot of energy of like no no vulnerability and, and honestly like poking a little bit of fun at myself, just kind of how, how, how much my ego was getting bruised and how, uh, almost trying to like write a caricature of myself song. Yeah. And that's kind of how it came out. And it was honestly, it was like so therapeutic for me and got me to like a wonderful place. <laughs> Is songwriting a lot of times cathartic for you? Oh yeah. Oh my God. So, so much so. I'd, I'd love to get to the point where it's really becoming like a craft where I can be like, okay, here's my, here's my goal for the day. I want to try to, you know, take this style and, 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 you know, solve this problem or write in the style of this and just go. But I think I'm still at a point kind of green in my songwriting evolution where all I can kind of write from is just the heart and sort of whatever that subconscious place we go to when yeah. you're at the early stage of creating something. So um, that's, that's kind of my one speed right now. <laughs> yeah. So when you say that, it makes me think of trying to set I, I remember this story about the eagles in a tune their, their song lion eyes okay and i remember i can't remember if it was jackson brown or somebody like that like had some quote where they were like i was just sitting at the bar with these guys and they just like see this young lady and this old dude sitting at the other end of the bar and they just start telling a story about what could possibly be going yeah. on and that turned yeah. into lion eyes and i'm That's wondering so like cool. if you have that kind of goal to be like take this take the song giving up like this idea that happened to you if mm -hmm. you could wake up in the morning and just be like i'm going to challenge myself to write a song about this idea even though i've never experienced it yes like, is that kind of like where you want to that's oh like without a doubt dude i mean i've so <clears throat> i i left my job formally last year during the pandemic so mm -hmm. um as we speak i am i am 
really trying to hone in on like what what kind of my routine and, and the consistency of songwriting can do for me. Uh, uh, I'm, it's a little bit more in a talking about phase as opposed to really, you know, committing to it on an everyday basis, but I'm, I'm on my way and in that evolution and that's absolutely the goal. Uh, and I think like I've gotten lucky and it's probably something that you hear a lot of times on your first record, you can kind of collect these inspirations and songs over, you know, years at a time and then it's out in the world. It's like, all right, let's 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 write the next twenty to file down for the next ten in yeah. a year or two. And you can't do that on a continual basis unless you're going in the you know the woodshed on a daily basis. I mean, that's at least what I subscribe to. Uh, so that's absolutely the goal. And I I feel empowered knowing it's possible, but it does take a, a heck of a lot of discipline and to fight all the avoidance and. Uh, and just kind of distractions that we all yeah there's some to do there's some there's some stuff out there especially from like the early 70s the the people up in laurel canyon and specifically i think jackson brown i think he'd be a good person to read about a little bit because i remember reading so i read so many musical biographies yeah it's it's nuts but i remember reading something about him just like wow like just wakes up puts on some coffee yeah. It's down at the piano and just starts plucking it out, stops for lunch, has a cup yeah. of tea, and then just that's his day. And like that's amazing. And yeah. I think that's like you just have to have that. It's like anything else, right? Yeah, Whatever job totally. you were doing before, you had to go to from a certain time to a certain time. So exactly. It's so no, funny because it. you get you get rock star, you know, rock stardom gets treated like, oh, well, what? They just fucking write these songs and it yeah. doesn't like then they just go out and tour and make shitloads of money. Right. And that's and not the song what it is. Just, you know. <laughs> happen out of thin air no that's that's totally it man there's another book war of art by stephen pressfield i'm sure you've heard of um and it's the same deal you kind of taking an everyday workman like hard hat (laughs) approach to just doing it every day um and i feel lucky to kind of be on that battlefield of sorts but i'll definitely check the jackson one out i mean he's he's the greatest i mean he's got one of the and you just look at the arc of his career and how Quite literally, he has aged beautifully. Like he's a very beautiful, handsome man. Oh yeah, still, he is. Look at that hairstyle. So <laughs> <laughs> and he's like out here in the LA scene with like the young kids, and he's man, um, and of course a legend. So I will definitely take a look at that. Yeah, why not? Um, yeah, so yeah. I mean, you just like I said before, you're when people hear this, and hopefully they're we're gonna tune some people into you with this. But the voice is just so unique and distinctive. And as someone who's struggled with singing. And in fact, for my birthday this last year, my wife got me some vocal lessons, which oh, was really that's nice. Oh, so sweet. What an amazing um, And I, I was like, you could take this one of two ways, really. But <laughs> Sure. Yeah, yeah. I'll everyone take some needs, lessons. Everyone needs instruction, man, no matter who <laughs> yeah. you are. Stevie so, Wonder has a voice teacher. Exactly. So I'm <laughs> curious if you found your voice early on or is singing something that kind of came to you later on? Yeah. Singing publicly was something I didn't really get into until probably high school, but yeah, I mean, I have all these vivid, vivid memories of being in elementary school, just sitting in front of a mirror, like singing to Stevie Wonder records or Christina Aguilera or NSYNC, like the gamut of stuff. And I think I kind of always knew I could sing in elementary school. We had a top 40 play and it was like, the the entire class was in a choir and I was the only guy with all the girls, 
uh, I don't know. I, so I feel like I, I always felt like I could sing a little bit, but it wasn't until until high school when I started singing in actually an acapella group with just an incredible uh, vocal teacher who who would do all these really rad arrangements of like Beach Boys, Beatles, spirituals that really kind of begun my uh, sort of journey just with the voice and it have since really focused on kind of instruction because early on in my last band, you know, playing all these loud clubs with bad monitoring systems, we had a five piece plus horns. Wow. I was blowing my voice out and to the point where I actually had developed some growth on my vocal cords and have since with an incredible instructor been able to like work my way around those. So I think I always knew that it was something I could do and was gifted with, but it's also, you know, an ongoing process to just continue to refine and take care of the, yeah. of the tool. Yeah. You got to work at it. And especially like, you know, when you've got, when you kind of have that feeling, like I've got something here, like learning how to take care of it, I think mm -hmm. is, is so important. Let's, let's shift now and talk a little bit about uh, your song Ready. Anybody else, baby? Because we've sure. kind of touched on some of this stuff um, that I want to ask about. But for me, mm -hmm. at the first listen, it just comes off as a song about being open to new love, yeah. that kind of idea. But then you start reading about Teddy Grossman. And it made me think that this may have come from the angle of being ready to focus your life 100% on chasing your musical dreams rather than the nine to five you were working. Am I onto something? You are onto something, man. Um, <laughs> the whole album, Soon Come, is really chronicled. I, I chose to kind of leave the track listing by loosely, for the most part, sort of old to new songs. Okay. Um, you know, like one of the first songs in the record is from a relationship of mine back in New York, like six years ago, um, that I sort of started writing around then and um, shortly thereafter. And Ready is the penultimate song on the record. And I remember writing it as after most of the album was finished uh, and I was at the early stages of a relationship that I'm still in, uh, a wonderful, wonderful thing in my life. And that said, I think I'd been sort of the bachelor and kind of gotten used to being single and just dating constantly for years and years. So I had a lot of walls up and, um, and I think the relationship continued to flower the more I was just able to stay present and be open with it. But so on the surface, that is definitely what the song's about, but without a doubt, the whole time I was, I was writing it, it kind of dawned on me that like, there was this deeper spiritual thing I was tapping into about just opening myself up to a life dedicated to honing my craft and whether it's God or the muse or my subconscious, whatever it is, really trying to access that. Yeah. What was the final straw that kind of drove that decision to do that in 2020? Um, well, it's funny. I, there wasn't necessarily a final straw. It's, it's literally been something I've been talking about writing out in morning pages, like telling, I mean, it's something I've been, it's kind of been my 
whole narrative, uh, probably to a fault for, for the better part of like a decade, ever since college even. I moved to Chicago with my band. We actually went at it you know, pretty hard for a few years in Chicago. All the while though, I had a full-time job. And after that, I moved to New York for four years and was still working actually at the time I was at a, not to bore you with the details, but like was at an early stage company that I was fl flying around like crazy going to conferences and yeah, uh, like worked pretty hard at that. And, you know, while in, in a vacuum, it's a, it's a, it was a cool thing. And I learned a lot and, and I'm very grateful for all that, those experiences. I was definitely like slowly feeling a decay inside of just being more and more removed from what it is that like lit me up. And so the move to California was absolutely like the biggest step towards kind of where I am now. And within, within, I think, what was it, like two or three years of being here, there was a gradual process where I was going to step to do this. And, and I actually decided to put in my notice the weekend before the lockdown COVID happened. So like immediately after I had grown very close to my boss and he's the CEO of the company. And I was just like, you know that conversation we had over the weekend? Why don't we just like <laughs> kick the can down, a, a, you know, six months? And anyway, so I ended up working there for another four months, but it was, I've, I feel very lucky to have been able to have this like smooth transition from working, not only all the craziness of the pandemic, but then being able to sort of transition into focusing on my music full time. That's, it's, uh, yeah, I just, I just feel lucky and, and happy to be here right now talking to you. Yeah, yeah. This thing. for sure. <laughs> Stay tuned for more Song Facts podcast right after this. No, it's it's a it's an incredible journey, and I this is for somebody who might be like in a position that you were in at that time, or maybe they've already quit it and now they're pursuing whatever their passion is full time. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if there's a lesson that you've learned between that decision and now your album coming out. Mm -hmm. that you know from making your first album that you wish you would have known before you started is there something in there that you were like when you look back ooh, like that would have been some good information to have yeah hmm. that's a great question um i mean i think the the prevailing themes on the record are you know like patience and hope and faith and and i mean that's quite literally the title soon come sort of like this belief in this inevitability of whatever it is that you want to achieve or do in life. And I don't necessarily look back and have any regrets or, or kind of things that I wish I did differently. Um, I mean, I feel like I've, I've heard a million different things of different people in mind. It's just one story. I mean, I, I, I know some people might say, don't wait so long, start earlier, you know? But at the same time, I'm, I'm grateful for having worked for a decade and giving myself a little cushion in what is like a very scary time financially Absolutely. to be approaching. So like, I can only kind of share my story in the sense that I'm grateful for, you know, the timing of everything. Um, and above all else, like I have to tell myself this every day. It's like as much as the next thing you know, anytime you're making yourself vulnerable, trying to like step out and do things, um, all which leads to growth, just kind of reminding that this is all, you know, 
all supposed to be fun and and joyful and kind of just always to stay connected to that even though it's a total roller coaster at times yeah um, so yeah and one of the hardest things what we were talking about at the beginning is going through this process putting in all the work and then trying to just stay in the moment and not projecting mm-hmm. and i think that that's that's the whole thing you've got to do i mean you can yeah. sit there and agonize do I have the right 11 songs for this? Like, should I be mm-hmm. throwing this one in? Is it too mm-hmm. slow of an album? Should, is mm-hmm. this, should I have done the horn section in that part? Like, yeah, there's so many different things that you can do that you could just beat yourself up on. But yep. I think that that's really, I think that's a good perspective to have is just to absolutely try and stay in the moment as much mm-hmm. as you can and, um, and just trust your instincts. Cause yeah. you have to be for, I think that's the biggest thing. I think people are so hard on themselves and you're not going to make a hundred percent right decisions and accepting that and not beating yourself up is I think important. Right. And whether it's songwriting or, or actually making the records um, you just reminded me of this thing. I remember hearing Adam Levy interviewed on a podcast and, and this thing, I think it was probably written made around songwriting the comment, but he was kind of like just being able to finish is such a cl- is such a clutch attribute it's like being a bass player in town like you're always gonna need that guy and or girl and I, like as you're as you were saying sort of deciding with horns this that it's like that kind of space is kind of the fun part but it also can become agonizing if you get hung up on anything for too long and almost always it's just like just finishing and moving forward yeah is 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 the is the best thing uh inevitably so I always just trying to not maybe hold things too precious or take yourself too seriously and just remember that kind of finishing and moving forward is is and consistency is is the absolute north star at least in my book I like that a lot I think that that's useful for a lot of people um you're going to I believe perform a song for us are you not oh yeah absolutely I love it it because I this is my favorite part of being able to do this especially during (laughs) COVID when this was like no one could see any music I was just getting living room concerts yeah dude and um I will I will happily do this so um I think you're gonna do uh what I owe I think so and Before you jump into it, you can tune, do whatever you need. I just wanted to say if you could um, share the musical and lyrical inspiration behind this song. Absolutely. Um, well, so what I owe, like Ready, I think I wrote it a little earlier, but this is another song that was written during the album making process. Um, and by the way, like my record was made sort of very piecemeal. It, it, Ryan Polly, who is a high school buddy, one of my best friends in LA and the producer on this record, we first linked up and um, we're just going to make one song and then kind of go from there. And then eventually we, every other couple months, then we do another. And then eventually by the summer, it was like, okay, this is, I'm loving the tones we're getting. There's a real connective tissue and vibe with all these songs, no matter how different they are. And let's let's go in hard and make a whole record. And during that time was the summer of probably 2019. And uh, just was really in it. I don't know how else to say it just kind of in that elevated, inspired state, you know, muse living over your roof and, you know, be, I was, would be at the studio all day and then I'd come home and I just had this immense sense of gratitude and, and like, honestly, just like joy. Cause I was a guy that had sort of had one foot in one foot out always 
was thinking, what if always there was this little voice of, you know, unfulfillment. And I kind of finally got to LA, was finding my lane and making this record. And, and this is kind of the headspace where this song, What I Owe, came out. And it was essentially just, as you'll hear, just kind of gratitude for being here and like the patience of the muse or yeah. whoever that may be, uh, but also kind of an obligation to like, and like a commitment to service to like work hard and come in every day with a pot of coffee and, and, and chase down more songs. So that's, that's kind of where that came from. That's, that's as good as any as I've heard. Cool. So we've got Teddy Grossman. The new album is soon come. It's dropping March 22nd. And this is a tune called what I owe.
Job, man. Yeah. Great to chat with you, Corey. Did you warm up at all or did you just belt that out? No, I warmed up a second before you <laughs> got to. Yeah, man. That's what I learned. <clears throat> that's what the teacher told me. He's like, Do you yeah. ever practice? And I was like, No, I never practice. I just sit yeah. down and start trying to sing. <laughs> Let it rip, right? Yeah, just try. Um, man, so good. And you know what? The reason that I always like trying to do this is because I remember spending so much time in like the late 90s and like the LimeWire Napster days trying oh, yeah. to find like acoustic versions of songs that I loved. Hell yeah. And so like I was just like, I love when people come on this and are willing to do that because it's a good way for people that are hearing you to be like, well, he sounds imagine that voice with like a bunch of horns and like some yeah. doo-wops behind him and some yeah, shit yeah, like yeah. that. And just to hear it stripped down, I just love it. So thank you so oh, much. Dude, Corey, thank you so much, man. That was really such a blast. I enjoyed talking with you. Absolutely. Same. Um, the album is soon come. March 22nd is the date. Mark it on your calendars and yes, good sir. luck, man. I can't wait to talk to you again for the next one. Thanks so much, man. Take care. See ya. Thank you so much for Teddy for coming on the show and thank you so much for playing a song. We know how much I love that and I hope you as the listener do too. Check out the new album, March 22nd. And as always, for the stories behind the songs, go to songfacts.com. Peace. Get your song facts back. to achieve the American dream. The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who kill their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.